Well, good. Now we're here. Oh, now. Hey. Love it. Are, are you fucking with your camera again? I am. Oh, come on. We can see you. Okay, I'll turn it on. Oh. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Nicely done. Wow, did you make that just for us? I did. <laughs> I think Movie. you should keep that on. Just you like, keep it on until you hyperventilate and just pass right out. That'll be like two minutes now. Really I like tight. it. Really it's a good look for you. <laughs> got inspired by the movie we just watched. You had to go and do that. So I did. I did. I'm like, who who does that? And why? And I was like, wow, wait a minute. This is really fun. <laughs> That's fantastic. Being, <laughs> being a dark bag and can't see. Well, we've never looked better. That's all I know, for sure. So and now you see really, the the I'm real really horror that is to... us. That's part of it. You can't take your eyes off of us. <laughs> right. Yeah. You want to? Like I'm awake, but I'm sleeping on the inside. <laughs> yes. You guys did not bore me to death. I. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> I am Montag, master of illusion. What goes up must come down, but not always. Hey, I'm Chop Top for Heavy Metal Horror, and stay tuned because it is heavy. And Blood Letter, the letter of blood. I am the host of Horrors. And you are listening to Heavy Metal Horror. Oh, welcome, welcome, kiddies. Tonight's race, I won't tell you it's good because it's not. It's complete shit is what it is. We're going to talk about a Lloyd Kaufman classic called Mother's Day. Since Mother's Day is coming up rather, rather soon, it's only fitting that we start our painful journey into heavy metal horror with discussing a movie that is pretty much all horror. So, <clears throat> Mother's Day. Yeah, Lloyd Kaufman, uh, production 1980. It is on the cusp of that slasher film era, you know, with Friday 13th and all those things. I'd say the best thing about this movie so far is like it's because it's, it's fewer than 80 minutes or 90 minutes. You know, it, it is going to be a time suck. Let, let's get into the, the meat of it. Chop Top, why don't you tell our groovy listeners a little bit about the plot of Mother's Day? Plot? Um, well, I, I think what the, the whole thing with it was basically about a bunch of girls, college students together, and they decide they do this yearly thing, I guess, and they go and they decide to go camping. I guess for me, it... Uh, you know, the biggest downfall, one of the biggest downfalls in this movie, there's a lot of them. One of the biggest was really trying to buffer things between like any kind of action or semblance of any kind of horror with the whole thing. So I think way too much dialogue between the three girls. It just, uh, it was exhausting to get through all that. I think what was it, the first 45 minutes of that film was a lot, mostly dialogue about them. Um, I think they try to give a lot of background and I think it just kind of missed the mark because 
I guess they wanted you to get a sense of how close these friends are. But I mean, if you're about to be murdered, you're going to be close to whoever else you want to escape with. And... Yeah, no one cares. Uh, you know. I don't think <laughs> you need to know yeah. about their choices, uh, college students. Yeah. Right. They're uh, the oldest college Wolfgang? students in the world. Wolf, Wolfgang College? Wolf, Wolf Breath. Wolf Breath. Breath. Wolf Breath. Breath. Yes. Right. If you want an accredited school to go to, make sure you apply as quick as possible. Wolf Breath University, because yes. that, that was just incredible. home of the Bush League. And by Bush, <laughs> I mean like 1970s. You know, <laughs> yes. Um, it's not nearly as good as Beaverton University, Beaverton College, all girls no. college for girls. So they run into uh, Ma and her two her two sons, Ike and uh, Adley, mm -hmm. who. Uh, you know, they kind of set the archetype for this backwoods inbred kind of thing that kind of, you know, taken taken a note or two a little bit from movies like Deliverance, where you have these obviously kind of cloistered, music. yeah, this kind of cloistered group of people who live out in the woods, don't have a lot of interaction with the real world. And so growing up under the tutelage of this kind of psychopath retarded June Cleaver as a mother, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and these girls fall victim, you know, to their torturous ways. And, but they were warned. They were warned. They were That's warned. right. Don't go in there. Right. The you stay out of the Woolworths. Uh, lesbians. That's right. What they deserve. You will get what lesbians. you deserve. Lesbians. Lesbians. <laughs> and I was hoping for that. No tickle fights. Just telling you right off the top. There are no tickle fights. No, there are no lesbian exploration. There is some duty, but by the time you get there, your dick just doesn't care. Not anymore. <laughs> right, right, right. I'm sorry. It kind of falls flat, right? Yeah. It's just going to take a cattle prod to get me excited about any of this by this time of the game. <laughs> it ain't going to happen. It was probably the last quarter of the film. Actually, you could probably fast through to all that to the last quarter, maybe even less than that. Where things there was certain scenes that started happening. Of course, the stuffed in the dresser scene is just I mean, you can't go wrong with that. Yeah. yeah, there's some revenge. There's some revenge stuff. It seems like Ma's training the boys to learn how to attack people, learn how to uh, attack, you know, what they think is a helpless women. And that's how this movie, you know, kind of begins. And it's like much like the, the formula like I spit on your grave, you know, right. woman woman is violated and then they get revenge. You know, there's a revenge fantasy. And you see that theme kind of running even through like Tarantino's worst movie, Death Proof. Um, that that same kind of same kind of thing. Right. But uh, you know, there are there are a few moments that are that are kind of funny, you know, with, with Ike and Adley, you know, oh, time to get the Kodak. You know, there's a couple of lines of <laughs> yeah. Kodak ball. But but it's just in so their workout enough. routine with Yes, the workout please tell us routine where they um, they tie the girls to the workout machines of the weights, and, and instead of lifting weights, they practice their uh, punching and stabbing and hitting and smashing. But yeah, uh, pillowcases and smashing fruit, and dolls, and potato sacks. Yeah, uh, but they do not use the weight machines at all. That's where they just keep their women. It's an all-natural <laughs> workout. Everybody's got I was their just own thinking, workout, my God. okay? Just saying, everybody's got their own workout. Yeah. And there are several uh, muscle magazines uh, laid out throughout the 
movie. You can catch him I in noticed, the beds. I and... noticed that you were uh, touching yourself during those scenes of the Muscle Magazine's <laughs> blood letter. Hands, hands up. up. Hands up. Hands up. Hands up. I'm jerking off right now. Yeah. I say I get my exercise every night. <laughs> That's right. You should see my other bicep. It's huge. <laughs> definitely right hand. Are you a right definitely hand right man? hand dominant? I got a lot more strength in my right arm than my left. Right hand man. Yeah. See, here's here's my my right forearm, and here's my left. You can see the size difference. <laughs> see you, chap tap. Disappeared. All right. Well, he, got chopped too he, had to go. he did. He got a boner and left. Well, yes. Uh, above now, the table. Above the hands desk. Above the table. Up. Now, there was plenty of uh, plenty of boredom to be had in Mother's Day for sure. We we kind of figured out. I think Bloodletter. You said what? How much? What? How? What percentage of this movie takes place at night? Was it eleven percent? Eleven percent running at night. Running at night, and another thirty percent. Uh, other movies is uh, shots of shoes running in the forest and about 8% of the movie is actual revenge gore. And then the other 60% is just inane talking, you know, um, very much like, uh, like you would find in movies like frogs, you know, all other, the girls other... talking at once. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, sharing stories of previous boyfriends or or whatever, and then pretending to get all loop, act all loopy when they're like think smoking joints, you know. Just uh, it is a painfully bad movie. And, let's and going talk camping about, you know, in just your panties. Well, who doesn't go camping in their panties? I mean, I don't wear. Don't use I a tent. I would scare all the. I would scare all the woodland creatures, so I don't do that. Uh, let's right. talk about the direction. I guess you know the direct. Yeah. There's like that one shot of the house where it's like, is this, is he done filming the friggin' house? You know, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, is the house scene. And then, yeah, you're right about all the shoes. That dialogue was just weighted down way too early in a film. It didn't name, like you said, Mark. It had no no purpose of any of being in there. And it was just, yeah, it was I am Montag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. Horrible dialogue. Yes, Montag. Uh, well, yeah, it, then in the beginning, you have that whole, like, like classroom scene of them talking about loving each other. And yeah, uh, just I've to get to the first, the first two victims and uh, and Epstein's right. brother or Epstein, Epstein up there talking. That's right. You get these, the, the two people who are given a ride by the grandma. And they would have spun that around or something like that. And yeah, you're thinking that the they're film. they're going to be the ones who take advantage of the it's, grandma, <laughs> and you find out, oh no, she's a badass. Right. But, uh, but then if they if they would have like you know, kind of brought that around, and because I didn't see the connection to like the girls or the grandma or anything like that, like she never mentions it again, even though she goes to that meeting. So I think if they would have kept that through the 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 plot or something like yeah, that. Yeah, there's nothing, no meetings. connection. It's a vehicle to start us. It's like putting a car in first gear. You know, if yeah. it's got a standard shift, the first gear gets you moving, and then you never look back. Um, and then there was the reference to to someone who was uh, running out wild, some kind of what was the the the, the mother or the the, the witch like character they said. Oh, Queenie, Queenie, Queenie. No one knows what the fuck Queenie is. You know, 
and, and then when I think it's, I'm assuming it's Queenie, makes an appearance. It's like, what the, f- what, what? This is it, huh? Um, yeah, just a, just a, just a mess. Uh, we can thank the creator of Troma for this steaming pile of shit. A steaming pile of shit. Thanks, Lloyd Kaufman. Thank you much. I mean, Troma is pretty much now just doing Euro trash and putting their name on all kinds of crap. But, but I mean, I can appreciate some Troma. Don't get me wrong. Troma's done some fun movies. Uh, the first one yeah yeah Tromeo yeah. and Juliet this is um this is just not one of them I do and, like how uh, the grand the mother like tries to, to direct her own little films within the films yeah no like matter how having... poorly that is done that is kind of funny that she like sits in that director's chair and she's like okay boy here's your motivation yeah yeah <laughs> oh, I know. That. I don't want to do the Shirley Temple. Yeah, I did the Kodak. I did the Kodak, Ma. You know. <laughs> but it's just so little humor. That's so a, like actors. stellar impersonation there, chopped up. Well, thank you, Blood Letter. Uh, I think uh, <laughs> the biggest thing for me is I bet you those actors, everyone in that film and crew, but the, the crew probably never got another job for that film. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe in one of. Montag's films. Maybe oh, not a, mine. I'm way too a, picky for that. Maybe in a Cyclops film. <laughs> da, da, da. It's coming soon, a discussion of Monster of Party Beach. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It, it is, you know, it, it's a classic. It's a it's a very 1980 kind of movie. It has that, that feel. You still have the cusp on the late 70s. And it hasn't really, the formula of this whole slasher thing really hasn't been developed and established yet. So there's just a lot of talking and the last 15 minutes are, are relatively good, but it takes a long fucking time to get there. So, <laughs> you know, I'm going to say, I'm going to give this on a, on a one to one to four blood drops, blood drops. I'm going to give it a half a blood drop and two limp dicks. <clears throat> How about you chop tap? I think I'll concur with you on that. I think, uh, you know, instead of just uh, the, the half a blood drop, I'll give no blood drops and three limp dicks. <laughs> and how about you, blood letter? How many dicks will you be giving? Uh, well, I think I could give a couple because I do like the scene where they're in the middle of the football field and the guy's doing push-ups before he's about to get lucky. That was kind of exciting. Yeah. I'm like... So- so was it a semi chub? Was you call that yeah, one semi chub? Yeah. Braiding yeah, on a curve. Okay. You got a yeah, yeah. One yeah. semi chub and how many blood drops? You know, I I do I do kind of enjoy this movie. Like I know it is a little too long in the beginning, but I'm I'm gonna give it a blood drop and a half. I think. All right, very nicely done. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. But, All right. It's well, making so, me raise the bar on my men. Like, you know, oh, you, you do, do five push-ups before you jump on this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to work up to that for later on. Five. You just need five, man. I'll, I'll bust it out. <laughs> I think I think with my gut will keep me pretty much on the floor like a turtle. So I'll just have to just do about two, three inches. That's enough. Like little bunny it. hops. <laughs> That's right. It's time to get some action. Five bunny hops. <laughs> well. Thank you. That's been a riveting discussion of Mother's Day. So now we're going to talk about 
movies that scared us as little kids. We're going to go around and just talk about some of the movies that just scared the tiny little underoos off of us. Blood Letter, did you, uh, did you ever wear underoos? No, I'm just kidding. What are you wearing now? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, why don't you start telling us? My, my first, the, the one that scared me the most was Squirm. And that's the one about um, the electrical storm goes out and, and there are tiny, tiny worms, a ton of tiny worms with uh, fangs that burrow underneath your skin. And the scene that got me the most is the shower scene. It's always a shower scene that, you know, like really messes you up as a kid to make you become like the stinkiest, dirtiest kid ever because you don't want to go in the shower. And so every time I was forced to go, I'd always have to stare at the shower head to look for the worms. So it was horrible for like two or three months afterwards. Like my, my parents were like, don't watch that movie. And as soon as they left, you know, what do you do? I'm, I'm going to turn on that movie. They told me not to watch it right on, you know. Because um, my dad, my dad's a musician, and he played out on Saturday nights. And I'm like, go, let's watch this movie. My dad was uh, very influential in my horror movie upbringing. And uh, my mom's like, don't you watch it. You're going to get scared. She laughed. I was like, bam. Come on, turn it on. <laughs> you know because we didn't have the remote at the time and uh what is it like 1983 maybe i think that movie came out it was early 80s yeah let me look it up 1980 yeah it was yeah, early, it was 80s, in the early sure. 80s yeah yeah so maybe late 70s even the one movie i think about when i think about scary movies as a kid that is it oh release date was july 30th of 1976 oh i think Wow. I think by the time in the eighties, though they were they were showing it on TV because I remember watching it like, um, like Channel Forty Three or something like that back in the eighties, and I was old enough at that time. Oh, and guess who's the director? Jeff oh. Lieberman. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so I think for me, uh, one of them that. Scared the hell out of me when I was younger. I look at it today and it's not scary, but it's, it's still entertaining. It's nostalgic, right? We, we always go back to these films when we were growing up. And uh, it'd have to be for me uh, Count Yorga, Vampire. I saw that on Big Chuck and Little John for the first time. It scared the hell out of me. I'm really terrified. I mean, there's some scenes. And uh, Robert Quarry, who plays Count Yorga, is actually pretty creepy. He has a good presence with that. He took on the role pretty well. And some of those vampire girls, it's just like, it was scary. Scared the hell out of me. I don't think I've ever heard of that one. Your first tiny little chop top boner watching Hammer yeah. Horror movies. I just got a little schlub on that one, you know. That's so. right. Oh, yeah. Nothing better. That's where you see your first blood on TV and your first, first boobies, first cleavage. Nothing like Hammer. Um, uh, Hammer is the first, the first movie that scared me. I mean, I grew up watching all kinds of scary stuff. I think probably, you know, like Kolchak, the Night Stalker, you know, great shows like that. And, and the the uh, the Night Gallery always just scared the shit out of me as a kid. But the first movie I remember, it was The Horror of Dracula. That is the first time I remember being truly terrified. There's a scene where 
was it Harker is in the middle of the living room and he looks up and Dracula kind of is at the top of the stairs and sees him and he starts coming down. And I knew in my brain, fuck, here's Dracula and he's going to kill this guy. And I felt Harker's terror at the music builds and you see a look in his eyes and then the, the camera kind of goes dark. But in my mind, I completed it. So from the age four on, I was just terrified, just terrified. Oh, yeah. Good choice. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. A very, uh, Christopher Lee had such an intimidating presence anyways, and that is one of the most memorable scenes. I mean, he's descending down there, and it's just like, oh, boy. You know? That was, yeah. Oh, I, I agree. I agree. Bloodletter, do you have another one that terrified you as a kid? My dad always showed us the Halloween. You know, nice. the Halloween ones, too. So... That always kind of made me nervous when we would go and hang out in the woods and stuff. But yeah, that's about hanging out the woods because that's where Michael Myers was going to find you. Yeah, you know, camping and all that stuff was always more of an adventurous after you've seen those when you're a little kid. Because I mean, at an early age, I mean, he was, you know, like we're seven, eight years old, and he's showing us these movies or whatever, you know, and you're like, as a little kid, you're like, God. but oh yeah grew to love them after a while, you know. They I tend to I like, stick with you. I like a lot of the psychological horror movies, you know, like how they did that. They always did that really well, back, I thought, in, in the 70s, you know, psychological of it all and stuff like that. So, always messed with you. Nice. Chop Top, how about you? Uh, another one for me was uh, Wes Craven's Deadly Blessing. I look at it today and it's like, yeah, doesn't scare me at all. Some real creep elements in there. Uh, there was a tractor in the farmhouse scene or whatever, and goes on by itself, kind of, or whatever. Somebody was back there, presence, and mows over her husband, and nines in it, so you can't go wrong there, right? Um, yeah, it really terrified me. I mean, I remember just, I think I had some dreams or nightmares after I first watched it. Of course, I was always just, you know, I'd sneak, you know, and by the stairwell at her house, and so I'd watch until they say, Joseph, get, you know, chopped up, get to bed, you know, kind of thing. And I think it was like, I think I've been watching stuff since, honestly, Mark, probably about since two years of age. Started with the, uh, of course, we know the Godzilla movies and Superhosts and all those things that we grew up with. But then, it, you know, it went on from there to uh, the Universal Monsters, then Hammer I discovered and I fell in love with it. And then, of course, it got more extreme as, as time rolled on. But that really, that Wes Craven film, granted, it's not really the greatest. It's it's creepy elements. It's it's like about a succubus, incubus kind of thing and stuff. But it, yeah, that creeped me out. Yeah, but as a kid though, that's the kind of stuff that sticks with you. You know, and I'd mentioned last just when I was talking about mine. You know, Kolchak, and that's what I'm going to talk about now. Kolchak the Night Stalker, and and watching. I was about seven years old when that came on, and I'd been watching horror for years. But this was part of our ritual. And the episode I remember, it was the I think it was the second second episode in the zombie and the scene where they're, you know, Kolchak's getting ready to dispatch the zombie in the middle of this, you know, spoiler alert on this auto junkyard. And he has to pour salt in the zombie's mouth and then sew the zombie's lips shut while these candles, white candles burn around it. I remember glue being glued to the TV 
and he poured the salt in the zombie's mouth and he's getting ready to put that needle into his lip and then the zombie opens his eyes and i remember the whole family we just screamed <laughs> in terror episode oh my Very god cool. i i watched that episode now and i still remember like screaming wondering why isn't there enough pizza rolls um yeah just terrifying that met show and i i love watching kolchak because of those moments because i when i was a kid watching it being scared you know but that that episode in particular was one that just kind of rocked my boat you know and still does i, I just enjoy it so much and last round back to blood letter i don't i don't really know what else i guess i remember squirm was like the all right. I hate, so I hate snakes and worms, so I mean that that did it, you know. So if you're sending things to us to Bloodletter, she <laughs> prefers worms with fangs. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Chop Top? Do you have a third on the list? I think you know. I, it's one that terrified me even when I was younger, and still sticks with me today. You just Salem's lot. Mm -hmm. Look at the vampire. Uh, Toby Hooper's direction in it, uh, actual genuine, genuinely chilling moments, and it's still it bothers me. I mean, the the, the uh, caretaker, the graveyard, you know, he's in there and teacher, you know, right? and, and he goes up and his eyes are you know, and the uh, or the scratching at the wind. I mean, that movie. Unfortunately, I hear they're going to redo it. For big again, they've, they've done it. They've done it once with Rob Lowe. They're going to oh, that was awful. They're going to, that yeah, that was, was horrible. It was ungood. They're going to do it again. Another unnecessary remake. I just, I have to say, Mark, that that, that still sticks to me as one of the scariest for me, even to this day. No. Yeah. Oh, it's a creepy movie. It's good, and 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 we've discussed that uh, before on on the uh, the other podcast uh, on Unsane Radio, and and same thing with Midnight Gapfly. That scene where his friend comes taps at the window and like just the look of it i mean the vampire is very nosferatu very classic right very creepy right. you know yeah and i think it, it is well worth the time and it has that 70s sensibilities as it came out late 70s and there's a there is a pacing to it that is deliberate but i i, I don't mind that if it's done well you know if it was just slow like mother's day that's one thing but when it when it sets up the plot and it kind of pushes in a deliberate pace which we see in other movies like unbreakable you know signs you know that might shine on some of his better movies there's a purposeful pacing and that makes all the difference in the world and you see that like in salem's lot creep moments just sticks oh, with yeah. you just yeah and i think i'm gonna have to gonna bring it back to another classic monster and stay within the hammer range the other monster that hammer has done so well with that still gives me the heebie-jeebies it's another christopher lee great it's the mummy 1957 i believe great choice great Jesus choice christ the mummy just scares the shit out of me especially when you see him coming out of the swamp his arms are all bound. He's like struggling to get out of the swamp, and he's just covered in that, you know, that swamp water. He just looks horrific, and throughout the movie, just terrifying. 
because um, part of it is the supernatural element of the mummy knows where you live, wherever you are, because he's sent on a mission to go kill the guy who's like in the insane asylum. Like he just knows that the word, like that's where the guy <laughs> is. He has to break the bars down and like slides in and kills him. I'm like, fuck, the mummy's just going to find out where you live. It doesn't matter how slow he is. He'll get you and you can't kill it. Yeah. Just terrifying. I think Mark to follow up on that also, I, 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 Christopher Lee, I'm going to say, and he's the best mummy version I ever saw in history of any other mummy that's been portrayed, whether it was CG or other actors or something. I think Christopher Lee was just, he's such a demanding performance, one of the my favorite Dracula. But like you said, the mummy, yes, that whole presence, just how he carries himself was just one of his best roles. I think so. Terrifying. I think so. How about you, Bloodletter? Do you, have you ever seen the Hammer movie, the version of the mummy? I have, and I, I have, just can't remember stuff. It's okay. Oh, my shame. Yes, it is shame. I know. We're going to heap on you. Now it's time oh, for pain. the Wheel of Punishment. Pain, William, the pain. The but Wheel you know, of I Punishment. Remember, they showed a lot of those on TV, you know? Yeah. That's how we saw them. Yeah. All right. And so you know, I just. We're also going to see it. I've seen in the so movie, many. In the 1970s, where else are you going to see a movie that was made in the 50s? You're not going to see it in the theater. You right. know? And there was no VHS. There's no no cable. You know, nothing like that. Nothing on demand. So, yeah, when it was on TV, usually shown on a horror host, like Superhost or Hulahan and Big Chuck, something like that. You know, Ohio has a lot of agree with horror hosts, especially mm-hmm. coming out of the Cleveland area. But, yeah, that's where you saw it, man. Saturday afternoons. Friday nights, Saturday nights, that was your monster time. You know, and I always stayed up for the ghoul. I always remember like to stay up for that too. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to do. Uh, we'll be doing episodes. We've got to do an episode on the ghoul coming up, and we'll do a we'll do an episode on hammer and all these things. I mean, we're just there's just so much to talk about. Does anyone have any uh, anything else they want to add to our discussion before we chime off of the first? Spectacular episode of heavy metal horror. Bloodletter, go ahead. Bloodletter. No, I had nothing. Oh, I thought you were waving and saying yes. You have something no. I was yes. cheering. I see that hand. Yes. <laughs> yes, I see the hands above the table. Yes, the spirit is moving in your fingers. His hands. It's time Jim for diddling. Flick the bean. Flick the bean. All right, um, heavy metal horror podcast fans, you could reach out to us at. Heavy Metal Horror Podcast fans on Facebook. That's Heavy Metal Horror Podcast fans on Facebook. And on Instagram, you can find us at Montag Lewis. One word, M-O-N-T-A-G-L-E-W-I-S. That's the Instagram account for Heavy Metal Horror Podcast. Better than an Egyptian feast not seen for 4,000 years. That's right. That's right. All right. Until next time. This is Montag, Master of Illusion, and Blood And we are Heavy Metal. Heavy Horror. Rawr.